0: from kindred church your inclusive church family this podcast is a collection of sermons from our weekly worship services in durham north carolina whatever your background is wherever you are on your faith journey we hope this message helps you take your next steps in response to god's unconditional love Well, hello and welcome to Kindred Church. It's so good to be with you. If we've not met before, my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. And if this is your first time to tune in with us, we're especially glad that you've joined us today. Uh, Real fast before we get into the sermon, just a a quick uh, announcement and and reminder. Uh, Many of you know this, but uh, last Sunday we wrapped up our annual generosity campaign. We had a wonderful Commitment Sunday celebration. Uh, But that said, if you consider Kindred to be your church home and you haven't yet submitted your 2023 commitment form. Uh, We would love for you to do that as soon as possible. Uh, It really, really helps the church to know how much each person in in our uh, church family plans to contribute in 2023. That way we can budget and and plan our ministries uh, accordingly. Otherwise, we're we're flying a a bit blind as as you can uh, imagine. So uh, if you consider Kindred to to be your church home, I hope you'll check out the the video description or the podcast description here. Click on the link that says 2023 commitment form uh, and give us your estimate of giving if you can. That is confidential, uh, but it really helps, uh, again, to to let us know. If you're new to us, if you're just visiting with us today, don't worry about this. We're not expecting any kind of financial commitment uh, from you. Um, But again, if you are part of our uh, church family, uh, it would be great to to receive that from you. So so thanks for taking the time to do that. All right, having said that, uh, let's turn now to our scripture. Today we are looking at Luke chapter 6. And we're looking specifically at verses uh, 17 through 31. And it says this, Jesus came down from the mountain with them and stood on a large area of level ground. Then a great company of his disciples and a huge crowd of people from all around Judea and Jerusalem and the area around Tyre and Sidon joined him there. They came to hear him and to be healed from their diseases. And those bothered by unclean spirits were healed. And the whole crowd wanted to touch Jesus because power was going out from him and he was healing everyone. And then Jesus raised his eyes to his disciples and he said, happy are you who are poor because God's kingdom is yours. Happy are you who hunger now because you will be satisfied. Happy are you who weep now because you will laugh. Happy are you when people hate you, reject you, insult you, and condemn your name as evil because of the human one. Rejoice when that happens. Leap for joy because you have a great reward in heaven. Their ancestors did the same thing to the prophets. But how terrible for you who are rich because you have already received your comfort. How terrible for you who have plenty now because you will be hungry. How terrible for you who laugh now because you will mourn and weep. How terrible for you when all speak well of you. Their ancestors did the same thing to the false prophets. But I say to you who are willing to hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other one as well. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt either. But give to everyone who asks, and don't demand your things back from those who take them. Treat people in the same way that you want them to treat you. Wow, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, today is a holiday in the church that we call All Saints Sunday, so uh, I was thinking today would be a good day for us to think about that word saints. Uh, What does that mean? Why should we care? What does the word saints have to do with you and with me? Well, uh, here's what it has to do with with you and me. Uh, According to Scripture, you may not know this, but according to Scripture, you are a saint, and I'm a saint as well. Now, that may be surprising to you because typically when we think about saints, if we think about saints at all, uh, we think about people who are like super extra religious, super extra holy, sometimes even like like supernatural. You know, I don't know who comes to mind for you when, when you hear that word saint, but uh, I tend to think of people like St. Francis, for example. Uh, St. Francis was this medieval monk. And uh, he had this deep love of of animals and plants and and the natural world. And so that's why today, a lot of times, people will put statues of St. Francis in their gardens. Maybe you've seen this. Uh, He's not the little guy with the pointy hat. That's a garden gnome. That's different. Uh, St. Francis is the little guy with the big bald spot on the back of his head. He's very handsome. It's a very good look. I think we can all agree. Uh, But St. Francis is is often portrayed as being so pure and and so holy that animals are like drawn to him. You know, if you look at the statues and, and if you ever see, paintings of St. Francis. A lot of times he's got like birds who have come to, to rest on his arms and he's got deer coming close to him. And sometimes he's even in conversation with these animals like Catholic Dr. Doolittle or, or something like that. Uh, but but oftentimes these are kind of how we, we picture the the saints. Uh, Or sometimes I think of uh, St. Mary, you know, Jesus's mother. We we got Christmas coming up here before long. Uh, Think about how Mary often looks in Christmas cards and and manger scenes and and things like that. Uh, Oftentimes, Mary is portrayed as like a a rich white lady, uh, which is deeply problematic on so many levels. Uh, That's kind of a sermon for a different day. But a lot of times Mary looks like like a fairy princess or, or something, right? Because it's like she's so pure, and she's so holy that that her whole body just like radiates this, this kind of heavenly glow uh, about her. These are often the, the ways that we kind of picture uh, the, the saints. And so it can kind of seem like saints have nothing to do with everyday, ordinary people like you and like me. People who don't talk to animals and who don't have this heavenly glow thing going on, right? And yet, according to Scripture, you are a saint, And I'm a saint uh, as well. So we need to think about, what does that really mean exactly? Uh, This this word saint, uh, at its root, what it means is is not supernatural or or even like super religious or anything like that. But at its root, the word saint just means set apart. Set apart. So saints are are people who have been set apart by God for a specific purpose. And according to scripture, uh, all followers of Jesus are saints in that sense. So, so that's why you're a saint. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're just exploring this Christianity thing, or maybe uh, you're listening to this with a, a friend or family member, or somebody's making you uh, watch this or whatever, you're kind of off the hook today. This doesn't necessarily apply to you, but I do hope you'll, you'll pay attention to this uh, because I hope by the end of this sermon, you might actually want to become uh, a, a saint. Um, so, so, so saints are people who have been set apart by God for a specific purpose, Uh, Now, throughout the church's history, the church has lifted up certain people uh, like St. Francis, like St. Mary, and honored them with this title of capital S Saint, because these are folks that the church has said, hey, the rest of us saints, we should look up to these people, and we should try to learn from these people and and imitate them, and and all of that is is good and important, uh, but really the word saint just means set apart. And so I want us to spend some time today looking at this passage in Luke chapter 6, because in this passage, Jesus is kind of giving us his take on what it means to be a saint. In other words, Jesus is telling us in this passage why he set you apart and why he set me apart. And Jesus is kind of helping us to to imagine what it means for us to be a saint uh, right here, right now, in in our ordinary, everyday lives. Uh, So let's take a look at this now uh, to kind of set the stage for this this passage uh, it's it's helpful to know that right before this Jesus has just been up on a mountaintop you know in, in scripture mountaintops are often these places where people go to to get away and to have these kind of uh, encounters these sort of mystical uh, encounters with God, and that's sort of what was going on here with Jesus. And, and Jesus took uh, his twelve closest disciples, the, these folks called apostles. He, he took them up on the mountain as well. And these are like future capital S saints. You know, it's like Saint Peter, Saint James, Saint John, folks, folks like that. But then, right as this passage is is getting started that we just read, uh, Luke, the narrator, he makes a point to tell us that Jesus has now come down the mountain. He's not up there anymore. He's down the mountain. He comes to this flat, level place. And Luke tells us when he gets to this level place, these huge crowds come and and they surround Jesus. And Luke makes a point to tell us that, that these are ordinary, everyday people. These are people from all different regions. These are people from all walks of life. I think what Luke is trying to get across to us is that that these are people who are just like us. You know, these folks have jobs. These folks have families. They have health concerns. They have anxieties. They live in the real world just like you do and and I do. None of these folks are talking to animals. None of these folks have a, a heavenly glow. That's who is surrounding Jesus in this scene. And so the question for us is, what does Jesus say to these everyday ordinary people who are a lot like us? Well, Luke says that, that at a certain point, Jesus looks out over this crowd and he addresses them. And, and what he does is, is Jesus starts laying out this vision of what he's about. And he lays out this vision of, of what he's calling these people to do with him. In other words, Jesus is, is kind of giving a, a, a vision of, of what it means to be a, a saint. So, so here's how this here's how this works. This is what Jesus says here. He says, Happy are you who are poor, but how terrible for you who who are rich. What does that mean, Jesus? He goes on in a similar fashion. Uh, Happy are you who hunger, but but how terrible for you who have plenty, he says. Happy are you who weep, but, but how terrible for you who laugh. What are you talking about? Jesus, he's not done. He goes on and he says, love your enemies. He says, do good to those who hate you and and bless those who curse you and and pray for those who mistreat you. What is Jesus doing here with all of these challenging sayings? Well, Jesus is, is trying to emphasize to everybody. He's saying, listen, I don't know what you've heard. I don't know what you think, but I'm not here to preserve the status quo. Like my vision is not to support the powers that be. Jesus is telling us, hey, I'm here to lead a revolution and I'm calling you To to be part of it. I'm setting you apart, saints, to to be a part of my revolution. I know some of you guys are uh, Hamilton fans, right? And so maybe you remember this this scene in Hamilton. There's this moment in the musical when uh, the British have just surrendered to George Washington. And that means that against all the odds that this ragtag group of Americans, they've actually pulled off this this unprecedented revolution. And there's this moment in the musical when the, the defeated British soldiers are marching and they're getting back on their ships to go back to England. And as they load up the boats, there's this line that they keep singing over and over again. Do you remember what this line is? The, the, the British soldiers keep singing, the world turned upside down, the world turned upside down. Well, that's kind of what Jesus is driving at in this passage, right? Jesus is leading his own kind of revolution, And it's not obviously a military thing. It's not a political thing. It's not something that has to do with one country. But Jesus is leading a revolution, he's telling us, to turn the whole world upside down. What does that mean? Well, you know this. Uh, Typically in our world, uh, poor people are on the bottom, right? Uh, Typically in our world, people who are hungry are on the bottom. People who have pain and and struggles are on the bottom. They're, They're considered less than. Right? There's a reason why there's not many people out there trying to become poor, trying to become hungry, trying to have more pain and struggle in their life. Those folks tend to be on the bottom. And by the same token, people who have a lot of power in our world, they tend to be on the top. People who have plenty are on the top. People who have less pain and less struggles are on the top. That's why folks are trying to become rich. Folks are trying to have plenty. Right. That's how our world works. But Jesus in this passage is telling us, yeah, that's got to go. Jesus is telling us here, listen, that kind of social hierarchy has no place in my kingdom. And so we need to get to work turning that upside down. You know, typically in in our world, uh, people hate their enemies, right? We, We know this. It's election season. This is on fresh display. People hate their enemies in our world. In our world, people tend to harm those who harm them. People tend to only pray for people that they like. That's how our world works. And Jesus is telling us in this passage, yeah, guys, that's got to go. That There's no place for that kind of hostility and hate and grudge holding and all of this in my kingdom. There's no place for that. So we need to get to work and we need to turn all of that upside down. In this passage, Jesus is saying to all of these everyday, ordinary people, I'm setting you apart. I'm calling you to be saints to join me in this revolution. So look for things that have no place in the kingdom of God and work with me to, to turn them upside down. That's what it means to be a saint. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, at least to, to me, uh, in the early church, the followers of Jesus, they went out and they started living this out in the world, right? And most of these early Christians were not the capital S saints that we still remember today. The vast majority of them, we don't know their names, right? That's been lost to history. They were just lowercase saints, like many of us. And yet, right where they were, in the middle of their ordinary, everyday lives, they found ways to turn the world upside down. They found ways to be part of this Jesus revolution, meaning that they found ways to care for the poor folks around them. Uh, They found ways to advocate for the marginalized, for people that nobody else in society even cared about. These everyday, ordinary Christian people found ways to to love those who were actively hurting them. And do you know what? People in the society around them, they noticed that. It stood out. And do you know what people said? Uh, You can look this up In, in Acts chapter 17. People literally said, these Christians are turning the world upside down. You know, I think it's pretty ironic because today uh, Christians are often known for resisting change in so many ways, right? Christians today are often known for for trying to support the powers that be, right? Uh, I heard a news report just this past week about the the powerful role of of Christian nationalism in the political scene today. That's a sad irony because these early followers of Jesus, they were often the ones leading change. They were often the ones challenging the powers that be. Why? Because that's what Jesus calls us to do. And that's what it means to be a saint. That's what it means to be a saint. Now, if that's what a saint is, I think we can all agree that this world needs some more saints, right? Because looking around, there's a whole lot of stuff that still needs to be turned upside down. A whole lot of stuff. And that's what Jesus is calling you to do. And that's what Jesus is calling me to to be about as well. right? And so there's a question that we need to keep on the forefront of our minds. And that question is, uh, what do I see in my life, in my world, that needs to be turned upside down? In other words, what do I see that has no place in God's kingdom and, and how can I make it right? You know it's it's tempting I think as we start to think about that to to start focusing on other people first right and to start focusing on problems out there but but what it's always good to remember that we we need to start here we need to start within ourselves we we can't be working on the Jesus revolution out there if we're not also working on the Jesus revolution in here so so questions for us to think about are things like what within me needs to be turned upside down do i have greed within me is there hate within me Is there selfishness within me? Or we can think about things like, what are the ways that I'm preserving my position on the top at the expense of people who are on the bottom? And if we can identify those things, what can we do to to make that right? It's important to, to start within, I think. That said, we all know there's a ton of things in this world that still need to be turned upside down. Right? How can we do that? Well, one of the ways that we can do that is to vote. I wanted to mention this because I know we've got an election coming up later this week. Uh, So if you haven't voted already, I would encourage you to, to do that. That can be an important way that we can make change in the world for sure. At the same time, we also need to always remember that Jesus calls every single one of us to do a whole lot more than just vote right and if we think about those first christians i mean like almost none of them had the right to vote certainly none of them had access to the kinds of elections that we have today and yet that didn't stop them from going out and finding ways to to turn the world upside down so how can we do that how can we follow their lead well we can carry this question with us everywhere we go what needs to be turned upside down think about your workplace what needs to be turned upside down there as you think about the culture Of your workplace? Are there people who are discriminated against? Are there people who are being treated unfairly? Are the people at the top of the organization taking advantage of people on the bottom of the organization? And if so, what can you do from your position to challenge that? What can you do to to make that right? Because the truth is, Jesus didn't just send you there to earn a paycheck. Right? But Jesus sent you into your workplace to, to make a difference, to make a change in the lives of the people and the organization uh, around you. Uh, in the spring, we're actually going to have a, a whole sermon series on finding God at work. At work, uh, it's going to be really good. I'm excited to, to talk about it, so stay tuned uh, for that. We'll we'll get into this uh, a little bit more deeply. But we can also carry this question with us into our home life as well. What needs to be turned upside down at home? As you think about your relationships. With the people that you live with, do those relationships reflect the love of God? Or is there a lack of forgiveness there? Is there dishonesty there? Is there selfishness there? How, how does that need to be challenged, right? Or uh, those of us with kids, we can think about our children. You know, when our children look at us, do they see us modeling the way of Jesus? Do they see us working to turn the world upside down and as part of this Jesus revolution? Or from our kids' perspective, are, are we pretty much the same as, as everybody else? In this world, that, that can be a pretty convicting question for us to ask. But it's important, right? It's important. Or we can think about our schedules, whether that's our personal schedule, our family schedule. Are we making time? Are we making room to connect with God on a regular basis? Or have our schedules become so crowded and so busy that we've actually crowded God out of our schedule? Again, that could be a convicting question, but but it's important uh, to ask. At home, as we think about our personal lives, what needs to be turned upside down. We can carry this question with us to school. We can carry this question with us to sports practices. We should carry this question with us to church, right? In fact, uh, this is one of the reasons why we do mission projects on a regular basis. Because as as we know, we live in a world where so many of our neighbors are still going hungry, literally. Uh, We live in a world where there are children in our local school system who don't have the basic school supplies that they need sometimes uh, to, to advance and to have success academically. We live in a world where there's this opportunity gap between white children on the one hand and minority children on the other hand. And for all of those things, there's no place for that in God's kingdom. And so we're working and and we're going to do even more uh, as we grow and and as we go here at Kindred Church to, to turn all of that upside down, because that's what Jesus calls us to do. And that's what it means to be a saint. I know when you woke up this morning, you may not have have identified yourself uh, as a, a saint. You may not have felt very saintly, but according to Jesus, that's what you are, and that's what I am. So my encouragement for us today is that we embrace that calling. Let's right where we are, roll up our sleeves, let's join this Jesus revolution, and let's keep finding ways to turn the world upside down. Let me pray for us. Oh, loving and and holy and and gracious God, uh, we are thankful to you for this reminder today of who you're calling us to be, Lord. Uh, To be honest, uh, most of us, we don't often feel like saints, God. Uh, we feel pretty ordinary. We're very mindful of uh, all of our imperfections. We're, we're mindful of uh, the, the ways that our lives are are not perfect. They're they're uh, messy at, at times, what we're carrying a, a lot. And, and all of that seems so different from what we imagine saints to be, Lord. And so we're thankful that you've clarified for us that, that saints uh, are not primarily about being supernatural and having a halo on our head and, and things like that. But but it's about rolling up our sleeves, uh, getting busy and joining in your revolution. That's why you've set us uh, apart. So God, I ask for each of us that you open our eyes to, to the things in our life, to the things in our world that need to be turned upside down. God, and give us the strength and the wisdom and the courage to, to go about that work faithfully. And we pray that as we do that, Lord, uh, others would notice that we would become Uh, a light in the darkness, a source of peace, a source of hope in this world, because as we know, that's what this world desperately, desperately needs. Uh, God, thank you for calling us to be a part of your revolution. Uh, What a gift, what a privilege, even as it is challenging, Lord. Uh, Today on, on this All Saints Sunday, we're also mindful of all the saints who have gone before us, all the people who have followed you before us, who've helped us to understand what we need to do, in some cases, what we don't need to do, Lord, Uh, what what a great gift that we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses that we can lean on and and learn from, uh, the the saints that we've known that have shaped us in in our life and our faith, uh, and the many, many more saints who uh, are nameless to us, but nevertheless continue to pray for us and, and have a profound impact on our life and and our faith, God. we're, We're grateful for all of these things. We pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Uh, for instance, a few quick things here for us before we go. Uh, once again, if you haven't yet submitted your 2023 commitment form, uh, please go to the description, uh, click on that, take a second to do that. Again, it, it really, really helps us with our budgeting and our planning for ministry as we go into 2023. Uh, if you're new to us at Kindred, as I said before, don't worry about that commitment form, uh, but there is a link in the description that says connect. Uh, I'd love for you to click that. That'll give me the chance to, to reach out to you and say, hey, later this week. Also, if you are new, we would love for you to come to, uh, to, to in-person worship. Um, you can get the information about how to do that uh, on our website, which is kindrednc.church. And then finally, be sure to click the announcements link in the description as well. That'll take you to this week's newsletter, and that'll keep you up to speed on all the ways that you can stay engaged and, and keep growing in your faith. Keep taking next steps on your faith journey here with us at Kindred. So with all that being said, friends, remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week, and may the peace of Christ be with you. Thanks for tuning in. If this message was meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also find it meaningful. To support this ministry, to get involved with Kindred Church, or to learn more about us, check out our website, kindrednc.church. We hope you have a great week.